0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Really, Duncan had it. They turned it over. alley back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Welcome into the Believe in Timberwolves Podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Brendan Headkey. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Headkey N B A. That's at B underscore H E D T K E N B A. Today's episode is a solo episode. I do not have a guest for the first time in the history of the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, which is about two episodes. I do not have a guest, and I'll be doing this occasionally when I Don't have time to find one or just want to sit down, get my own thoughts out there and kind of ride solo. So that's what we're doing in today's episode. And I I have a couple things I want to touch on. Uh, I want to talk about the the lottery odds because that is what is on seemingly every uh, Timberwolves player or Timberwolves uh, fans minds, as well as many other fans of other teams as well. So we'll go through all that, the standings and see how that's looking for the Wolves. We'll talk about the remaining schedules for the teams and then we will move into The uh, awards for the Timberwolves and what Timberwolves have a chance at specific awards and what those awards, um, like what their chances of actually getting that award is. So we'll look at that. But first, I do want to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves and their lottery chances. Currently, they are sitting with the third best odds in the league. Uh, Houston is ahead of them. And then it is uh, Detroit and then Minnesota. So as of now, The Timberwolves are sitting with the best possible odds to get a top pick. If that were to happen, if they were to lose the rest of their games for the rest of the season, they would end up with the uh, third worst record and take home the best odds. Still, those odds are only 40.1% to land in the top three, and there's a 60% chance that those odds fall outside of the top three. Now, to some, that's no big deal. You know, they don't care. They just want the best odds possible. I don't necessarily agree. I think the Timberwolves, what they did over their four-game win streak, um, which was close to being a, you know, five, six, seven-game win streak, um, what they did over that was building something for the future, and I think that was really important for the team and for fans to get people back interested and back into watching this team. And I know it's tough. They had a sizable lead on keeping a top three chance at a number one, two, or three pick, but they won some games, and now they're teetering on possibly dropping all the way down to six. Right now, Houston is 16-49, and 49 and they have a comfortable 2.5-game lead, or however you want to state it. We'll call it a lead over Detroit. And then Detroit is in second, 19 and 19-47. They have a game-and-a-half lead on the Timberwolves. The Wolves are sitting at third, um... And then a half game from the Wolves are the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then one full game from the Wolves are both the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Orlando Magic. All those teams do have seven games left to play, except for Oklahoma City, who only has six. And Detroit also only has six games left. Uh, schedule strength remaining. Let's go through that quick before we, we move on. Uh, Orlando has a tough schedule. They play the the Wolves once. They don't play any of those other teams um, for the rest of the year. Houston does not play any of those teams for the rest of the year. They're probably going to lose the rest of their games. Minnesota does have one matchup against Detroit and one matchup against Orlando. The Orlando Magic have one matchup against the Timberwolves, none against any of the other bottom five. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers have no matchups against any of those bottom five either. And the Oklahoma City Thunder still have two remaining games against the Sacramento Kings. So it'll be interesting to see how all of those games do end up shaking out over these next couple of weeks. The season wraps up in about two weeks from now. Talking about it right now, Tankathon standings for tonight's matchups. It is Wednesday, May 5th. The Magic Face off against the Celtics, the Cavs face off against the Blazers, the Timberwolves play the, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, the Rockets play the 76ers, and that is it for the tanking standing. So if you are rooting for the Timberwolves to get a top three pick, root for the Magic to get a win, root for the Cavs to get a win, root for the Rockets to get a win, and then you can root for the Timberwolves to get a win if you choose. I will always be rooting for wins. Sorry. But that's just how it is. But before we move on with this episode, I do have a quick word from our sponsor. Do you bet on sports? Have you heard of BetOnline? BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag. That's b-e-t-o-n-l-i-n-e.ag. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now let's get back into the episode. So, the Minnesota Timberwolves, like I mentioned, are currently third, excuse me, have the third worst record in the NBA, which means they have a 40.1% chance at the number one, number two, or number three pick in this year's draft. Of course, this season's not over yet. I went through remaining schedules. If they do fall to fourth, they end up with a 36.6% chance, which is this 3.5% lower. If they drop down to fifth, they end up with about a 32% chance at landing a top three pick. And if they drop down to sixth, they end up with about a 27% chance of getting a top three pick. They're not going to fall down into seventh because currently they do sit a good... Five healthy games ahead of Chicago and five and a half of Toronto, seven of Sacramento. So they're sitting pretty with at least top six odds. So they have at least a quarters, uh, quarter chance of getting it, 25%, um, possibly more. Anywhere from about that 27 to to 40% chance of getting it, which it it should be, you know, we should throw this out there. All of that means it's worse than a coin flip. It is worse odds than a coin flip. And that's why I personally am okay with winning some games and building something. I don't like the wins where it doesn't feel like a win. We had a couple of those. Those I would rather just lose. But the ones where it feels like you're building something, the Utah game, the Phoenix game, those type of games, those are the games that I want to win. And I want to go out there and even like a very solid win against a not so great team. You know, if they go out and beat the pelicans by 30 like they did early in the season those are the wins that really are building something barely scraping by the sacramento kings you're not really building something there nonetheless that's where it shakes out and that is what the the rest of the season is going to look like now i want to move into the bulk of the show and that is talking about the overall chances that that particular timberwolves players have at particular awards in this 2020 2021 nba season I want to go through and start with some that I don't think are very likely at all, but should maybe deserve some mention. And I do want to start with D'Angelo Russell being the sixth man of the year. That is not going to happen. D'Angelo Russell currently has only played about 15 games off the bench. Uh, 16 games, excuse me. And off the bench, he has been playing really well. And he's really bolstered second unit. And the Timberwolves have been good. If this was a season-long trend and and D'Angelo Russell came in, averaging the stats that he is, I do think that he would have a very solid case of, you know, being the sixth man of the year. Of course, sixth man of the year typically goes to a player who is on a winning team, hence Jordan Clarkson being really high on a lot of people's sixth man of the year boards. But D'Angelo Russell is putting up very similar stats to, um, to Jordan Clarkson. And that is um, pretty encouraging to see. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell is not going to be a six-man long-term, or at least we don't think he is. But nonetheless, he has been playing really well since coming off the bench. And that that goes a long way because I really do think that regardless of who's starting right now, D'Angelo Russell has been closing most of the games and he's looked really good for the Timberwolves. In the last 15 games since he came back, the Wolves are 8-7. and seven. And two of those games were without Carl Anthony Towns. And D'Angelo Russell's averaging 18.6 points and 6 assists, 2.3 rebounds, and only 2.9 turnovers. So he has looked really good, and that's all been in just 26 minutes a night. So his per-36-minute stats are going to look even better than that. Per-36 minutes in those last 15 games since he came back from surgery, he's averaging 25.5 points, uh, 8.2 assists, and 3.1 rebound. so he has looked really good nonetheless Jordan Clarkson has pretty much all but wrapped up that award some other notable players might be someone like a Derrick Rose in New York but I think it's probably going to boil down to Jordan Clarkson winning it he started off really hot kind of has simmered down a little bit but hot starts usually go hand in hand with winning those types of awards moving up the list Malik Beasley most improved player I do not think Malik Beasley will win Most Improved Player. Unfortunately, he also has missed a ton of time this season. Um, So far, he's only played 37 games for the Timberwolves. He's averaging 19.6 points, shooting 48.7% from two, 39.9% from three on nearly nine attempts, grabbing 4.4 rebounds and dishing out 2.4 assists, also shooting 85% from the line. But there's just other notable players ahead of him who are going to win that award. And most likely it's going to be Jeremy Grant. But there's other players like Christian Wood who also have solid cases for winning it. But I think the continued health of Jeremy Grant, coupled with the play that Jeremy Grant has had, it's his it's his award to lose. And I don't think he's going to lose in the next seven games. And I don't necessarily think that Malik Beasley is going to come in and steal that award in the next handful of games either but it is worth noting Malik Beasley prior to coming to Minnesota last year he averaged 7.9 points for the Denver Nuggets in 18 minutes a game this season he is up to 19.6 points so those are very good numbers less than twice as many minutes and well over twice as many uh points so he has looked really good in his um extended run with the Timberwolves Hopefully he comes back for the last handful of games. Chris Finch did kind of point to that a little bit that you know Malik Beasley might be back in the fold here soon, but we don't know for sure. Um, he could be out for the rest of the season. He could play a couple games at the end of the year. Um, Finch did say they're probably not going to bring him back just for one final game, but if he can get four or five games in, I think that would be uh, really beneficial just to see a, a little bit more of a you know a run with Cat. Delo, Ant, and Beasley because we really have barely seen that so far. And it'd be good to kind of feel that out to see if Malik Beasley is a player you plan on keeping long term or if you do try to trade him this offseason and try and recoup, or not recoup, but try and get some value for him. Find a player that fits more of a need, maybe a shooter, maybe not quite the shooter, but a better, you know, a better defender or maybe, you know, you try and get a four instead of having Beasley at, at the two. Those are all sorts of options that you're kind of looking into this offseason. I think seeing him for a few more games would, you know, benefit you in trying to make that decision. The next player I wanted to talk about is Jaden McDaniels. Yes, Jaden McDaniels winning an award in his first NBA season is something that I think is actually not only possible, but probable. Jaden McDaniels coming into the season, I just re-listened to my post-draft Podcast with Logan Alton, another writer for a Wolf Among Wolves. And Logan and I were talking about Jada McDaniels and we didn't figure that he would really play too much into the Timberwolves rotation. Though I will say we didn't completely say he wouldn't get any minutes, which is kind of a good call on our part. We didn't um say that he would never play. We actually talked about the possibility of him being the starter this season and of him being a bench player. A lot of people thought Jada McDaniels would you know, spend most of his time in the G League. And after thinking about it, I kind of thought so too. But my initial reactions to the draft uh, kind of begged to differ and thought that he might have a small role on this team this season. But he's done better than that. He's played well above that. And so far this season, Jada McDaniels has played in 58 of the Timberwolves 65 games. He's averaged 23.9 minutes per game. So just about half, half a game a night. He's shooting 44% from the field, which is 52% from two and 36.9% from three on three attempts. He is shooting not very good from line, only 60% from the line, but he's also pulling down 3.8 rebounds, dishing out 1.1 assists, all for a grand total of 6.8 points per game. And he's keeps on looking better and better. But what really comes into fru- uh, you know, fruition for him was his defense. Jaden McDaniels has been a savant on defense, playing... Near all NBA level at age 20. And that has just gone to show that Jaden McDaniels is one of the best picks in this past draft. And the award I'm talking about for Jaden McDaniels, it's not Defensive Player of the Year as much as I wish it was, and I think it could be in the future. The actual award I'm talking about is All NBA or All Rookie Team. Um, And Jaden McDaniels has a very good case to make not only All Rookie First Team. Or all rookie second team, whichever one you'd have to. I'd really have to sit down and and think about who would go where. But if you're thinking about you know forwards in the the rookie teams, you'd have to think about is Anthony Edwards considered a forward or a guard? If he's a guard, that that opens up another spot on the first team. Then you're looking at maybe Patrick Williams and Jada McDaniel's. You know, I don't think Obi Toppin is winning um, all rookie first team. I don't think Denny Avdia is doing it. I don't think that. Isaac Okoro would qualify as a as a forward. Maybe he would. Maybe Isaac Okoro um, would qualify as a forward. I don't know for sure. But either way, I think that Jada McDaniels has a very good chance to end up on all-rookie first team. And if not, all-rookie second team I think is a, almost a guarantee. He's been getting a, quite a bit of national recognition for his defense lately from people like Kevin O'Connor and Mike Schmitz, and all sorts of people have really been noticing what he does on the defensive side of the ball. And when you take into account that Okongwu hasn't played well, you know, played enough and played well enough to make that team, Toppin hasn't, Avdia hasn't, Jalen Smith hasn't. You go down the list for big men, maybe Isaiah Stewart. I don't know necessarily how the all-rookie team voting goes. If you have to have two guards, two forwards, and a center, or how that works out, Isaiah Stewart would have a case You know, maybe somebody like Precious Achu would have a small case or Zeke Naji would have a small case. um, Xavier Tillman Sr. maybe. But I really think that Jaden McDaniels has a huge case for being one of the top rookies. And I think he's for sure going to make all rookie second team, if not all rookie first team. But before we move on with the episode, I do want to give another quick word from our sponsor. Do you love your current sunglasses? Have you had bad experiences with sunglasses in the past? I wear sunglasses quite a bit over the summer. I'm in Minnesota. We have nice summers here. I got to wear the sunglasses when I'm driving, when I'm on the lake. But really, it's a struggle to find good sunglasses. Sometimes you sit on sunglasses, you break them. Now you got to find a new pair. And you can't find a pair that fits your face well. Maybe they're crooked. Maybe they are too big or too small. and You just don't like them. Well, it's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And they're Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So, use the exclusive code kanancast 15 at Kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Kanan. Clearly better. All right, let's move on to the next two players that have chances at some awards for this NBA season. The first player is the best player on the Minnesota Timberwolves, the number one overall pick in 2015, not in 2020. It is Carl Anthony Towns. And the reward I am talking about, or the award I am talking about, excuse me, is All NBA. Carl Anthony Towns is playing at an All NBA level this season. Currently Carl Anthony Towns is averaging 24.8 points, 10.9 rebounds, 4.6 assists on 53.9% shooting from 2, 39.4% shooting from 3, which is only which is on 6 attempts per game as well, and he's averaging 3.3 assists for his 4.6 uh or 3.3 turnovers for his 4.6 assists. Which isn't great, but this is one of his most prolific scoring seasons. Um, His efficiency is actually down for the first time in his career. He's shooting lower than 50% from the field. He does still have time to get up above that 50% from the field. And that mostly comes down to the fact that he is shooting, um, well, more threes doesn't help that. But also, his two-point shooting is about 2-3% to worse than in past seasons. But regardless, he's still an ultra-efficient player. His effective field goal percentage is still 55.7. He's also getting to the line more. uh, Six attempts a game, which is second to only last season. And 86.2% from the line, which is a career high. Carl Anthony Towns so far this season has only played in 43 games. And I think that's where his case for All-NBA is really hurt. That and the fact that Carl Anthony Towns is... Going up against Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, who are some of the front runners for the MVP, and Rudy Gobert, who has been one of the best defensive players in the league and is on one of the best teams in the Western Conference. For those reasons, I think Carl Anthony Towns does not make all NBA first, second, or third team. But I think that he would be probably the fourth center to make that list. And, you know, potentially next year, maybe, maybe Kat can have a fully healthy season. The Timberwolves can be good and prove that he is worth one of those nods. Another thing is he's never going to beat out Gobert and beat or Jokic this season simply because those players are on teams that are really, really good. And the Timberwolves this season have not been really, really good. I just went through a eight-minute spiel about them potentially getting one of the top picks in the NBA draft. That can't mean that they're good. That means they've been really, really bad. Carl Anthony Towns by himself in the 43 games he's played. The Timberwolves are res- somewhat respectable 16 and 27. So they've only won four games without him and they've played 22. So without Carl Anthony Towns they are 4 and 18, which isn't good. So Carl Anthony Towns obviously has been, you know, playing a big role in the Timberwolves wins, but still he has an under 500 record. But a lot of those games have been played without Malik Beasley or without D'Angelo Russell, or potentially without both of them. And that doesn't help his case whatsoever. But in the fifteen games since D'Angelo Russell came back, Carl Anthony Towns is eight and five. He's only played in 13 of those games because he did take two games off. And overall in the season with uh Malik or excuse me, with D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns in the lineup, the Timberwolves are ten and seven which is a pretty impressive record considering how bad their overall record is. And I think that really makes me excited for the future. And I think that you should be excited for the future too based on that. I understand the wanting a pick. We went through all that. But I think regardless, if the pick comes, if the pick doesn't come, I think the Timberwolves' future is a lot brighter than their record this year showed. But moving on from Carl Anthony Towns, there's one more player who I think has a good shot of winning an award this season. And that is Anthony Towns. Edwards a Minnesota's Timberwolves 2020 first round excuse me first overall pick Anthony Edwards has played in every single game this season 65 games he started in 48 of them he was on the bench for the first 17 but since then he has moved into the starting lineup and yeah Anthony Edwards has been really really good he so far this season has averaged 18.5 points his efficiency isn't great but he's at 40 uh, percent from the field 31% from 3. Um he's shooting 77% from the free throw line, pulling down 4.6 assists or excuse me rebounds and dishing out 2.8 assists. And also stealing the ball 1.2 times a game and he had a very long steal streak, but don't get it twisted, he has been pretty bad on the uh on the defensive side of the court. He he really has. He hasn't been hasn't been very good. But regardless, he has looked really really solid since he moved into the starting lineup. And that's something that I think will bode really well for him with the voters. Also, the fact that he's likely going to play in every single game this season, that definitely helps his chances of being one of the top players in the rookie voting. Really, it's coming down to a three-man race. It's LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton. Anthony Edwards is the only one who has played every single game so far this season. And he's looked really, really, really good. Since doing that, let's go post all-star break and let's talk about Anthony Edwards numbers since the all-star break Ant has averaged 23.1 points in 34.9 minutes per game. He's shooting 33% from three and 43.4% from the field and 75.7% from the uh, free throw line. And he's his efficiency has gone up quite a bit, which is something that is very important when you're talking about, you know, a, a volume scorer. And that's what we're hoping Anthony Edwards will be, and he actually he has been a a volume scorer so far this season, but just an inefficient one. If he can become an efficient volume scorer, that bodes well for him. Very, very, very well for him. But let's look at his effective field goal percentage post All-Star break. He is shooting his effective field goal percentage is 50.5, which isn't Great, but it's also not bad. It's better than Ricky Rubio's. It's close to the same as players like Jalen Noel and Jake Lehman. And really, it's it's not a bad overall effective field goal percentage. Regardless, all these points are being made to say Anthony Edwards has a very, very good shot of winning the rookie of the year. It might go to LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball clearly has been the better player. He's been more efficient. His counting stats, um, scoring hasn't quite been there with Ant but pretty close. And then rebounding is about the same and assists is even better. And he's been, like I said, much more efficient and he's affected winning. But he's played, you know, a handful of less games. LaMelo Ball has only played in, I believe, 40 or something games for the... Let me check. 44 games so far for the um, Charlotte Hornets. And he's averaged 15.9 points. He's got about six rebounds and six assists. And he's shooting... 45% Forty five percent from the field, thirty-seven percent from three for an effective field goal percentage of fifty-two point four. So he has been a lot better, but he's played in less games. And Anthony Edwards, since LaMelo ball has been out, has been on an absolute tear. LaMelo Ball's back. I believe the Warrior or excuse me, the Hornets have seven games left. So he could play in fifty-one games. If he plays in every game, he would play in fifty-one games end of the season. Anthony Edwards potentially could play in 72, so that would be 21 more games. Regardless, I think it's kind of a toss-up right now. I'm excited to see how the voters go with this one. My pick would be Anthony Edwards. Availability is one of the best skills. He's been there for every game, and he's been on an absolute tear. He's had a lot of winning plays where he's closed out fourth quarters, scoring 15, 16 points in a fourth quarter, and just taking over games. And I think he's been very, very exciting all season long. LaMelo Ball has been exciting in his own right. We are... Very fortunate that neither of these players have busted so far. They are both extremely good talents. I don't want to take anything away from either player. I will not talk bad about LaMelo Ball. I will only talk up Anthony Edwards rookie of the year case. But regardless of that, those are the Minnesota Timberwolves players that I believe have a chance at some awards in this uh you know after after this season is over. And I'm very excited to see how it all plays out. I think at the end of the day, the two that will actually get awards is I do think Anthony Edwards will win Rookie of the Year, and I do think that Jaden McDaniels will make All NBA or All Rookie Team. But I will end with this: the Timberwolves coming up, this uh, their schedule coming up. They play the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. They have on Friday the Miami Heat, and then the Magic are on Sunday. Tuesday brings the Pistons. Next Thursday brings the Denver Nuggets to town, and then. The Celtics come to town on Saturday, May 15th, and they close out the season Sunday, May 16th, against the Dallas Mavericks at Target Center. We'll see where the pick lands. We will see what the final record is. But as of now, this has been the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I am your host, Brendan Hedkey. Thank you all for listening, and I will be back next week, and I hope to have you listening to me then. Thank you, and have a great night.